Welcome everyone to another episode of Aussie Tech Heads. It's episode 535, recorded 25th of May 2017. I'm your host, Glenn Goodman, and joined as usual is Jason Oakley. And this week, a special guest, Lydia Davis, who edits techmeme.com. Hello, guys. How are you going? Hey, we'll go to Jace first. Hi, Jace. Pretty good. How's That's yourself, good. Glenn? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. We're being watched over by the eye of God. Nice. Good stuff. I, I wondered what that was. The, the Helix Nebula. Oh, okay. Sounds pretty spooky. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. And uh, Lydia, how you doing? How you been? Um, well, thank you. Um, thanks for having me, by the way. This no, is great. No problems at all. Uh, whereabouts are you in Australia? You sound like you're in Australia. Whereabouts are you? I'm in Melbourne. Yes, oh, Melbourne. Must be getting... Crikey, Blake. Sure thing, Cobber. <laughs> Stay in the cruise. Weren't you here a little while ago, Jace, and you had to run away because we're just horrible down here? Yeah, uh, we're sad I didn't get to meet you, but I know that's what that's life. That's life. Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> next time. Now, tell us about Tech Meme. Oh, um, you can find it at techmeme.com, by the way. So, what's Tech Meme all about? Um, tech Meme, I guess, is you know the front page of Tech News. I guess the home page of Tech News. And okay. at any given any given point in time, you can go to Tech Meme and see what the most important stories of the day are. Um, it updates every five minutes. It's mm. it's pretty much run by an algorithm, and uh, we just control that algorithm or try to rein it in. Right. Uh, there's probably fifteen of us now editing. Yes, I, I saw. I'm one of the old timers. Old, old timers. And... Right. And if you if you're on Twitter, don't forget to tip at Tech Meme. Absolutely. So you know, I just, just don't go. Silly. Yeah, you can't see this, but I'm just putting up on the screen for the guys that are on the video. Uh, I've just got your webs the website up there. We're just looking at all the uh, co-editors that are there and uh, Media Gazer. Is that like another production, uh, a sister pod production or something? Okay. Well, it's it's another vertical. So we've got several verticals, and right. um, Media Media Gazer is the media version of Tech Meme. Now, I haven't actually uh, come across this site before, but, geez, it's full of content, isn't it? It's just got everything yeah. in it. It's uh, like, yeah. just on the surface. you surf want to find some news to talk about for our show, go to Tech Meme. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking because I was looking at some of your notes and I'm thinking, wow, you're, you know, you're a week behind the news. You should be reading Tech Meme. Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, I think uh, what the way I, uh, say, collate the news for the show is that, I'll yeah, I will go back a week. Like, I'll start from last, say, Friday and then just pick up things that we haven't spoken about. And uh, but yeah, this is uh, look. I've looked in on the surface. I've looked in. There's a leaderboard section. Uh, we've got yep. pe people that are what the most. The authors ranked by leadership. Ranked uh, publications ranked by leadership. Authors ranked by presence, and publications ranked by presence. So that's uh, oh, stats are unreal. And uh, TechCrunch that's got a few uh, a few entries, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, TechCrunch yeah. and uh, and what was the other one I liked? The events calendar. How good's that? Yeah, so that's everything coming up in uh, the world, in the tech world. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Because I know I'm going over to the US in September, and I thought oh, I'll have to find something techy just to sort of say I went to, just to claim it on tax. So I went straight to September, and I went, oh yeah, I'll do that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> What's there in September? I'm not looking at it. Uh, September, we've got these 19 to 22nd, the AppSec USA. I think that must be some security thing. And uh, are these all linkable? They are too. How good's that? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, 
uh, AppSec Conference, uh, what is this? AppSec Conference is a premier gathering for software security leaders and researchers. So that's over there in uh, September. And also in Orlando, that's where I'm going, is the Microsoft Ignite. Actually, um, there you go. Yeah, that'd so, be fun. It would be. I think Shane uh, used to be on the show from uh, Western Australia. He's booked his tickets. He's uh, he's going as well. So that's cool. Yeah, so that's a good little site. Uh, techmeme.com if you if you guys are looking for that. Excellent stuff. All right. Uh, let's get into some news. Speaking of some news, so what have we got first? Uh, or, or maybe I should tell you about the other shows on the network is the Aussie Max Zone, the Obsidian Loft, the Old Fart Geeks, and the Aussie Tech Security. Now, you can find those, of course, all on iTunes, you know, the good old iTunes. Uh, Australian businesses lose $1.7 million to hacking scams. So this is all still going on. It's uh, most not just the uh, wanna cry, but it's just hacking scams in general. So a report published by the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission that showed that 21 businesses lost a total of $1.7 million related to computer hacking in 2016. So... Uh, Businesses submitted how you might how, how do they get these figures you might be asking well businesses submitted just under six thousand reports to the ACCC revealing losses to the value of about three point eight million to scams micro and small business reported the majority of attacks and that accounted for about two million of the total of the three point eight now all of the scams complaints received by both businesses and individuals the top three categories reported were phishing advanced fee frauds and false billing scams. Uh, now, I think now these false billing scams, I think Michael from the Aussie Max Zone touched on this on one of these shows. Uh, and I think most of us who own a domain has probably received a, a, a false billing document or slash invoice or whatever that looks like an invoice. Uh, just saying, you know, please pay your domain renewal, you know, for $6 million and away uh, you go. And if that lands on the uh, secretary's desk of a large company, it probably gets paid. Uh, so scams. What have you seen? What's the? What do you think, Lydia? Is like scams? Is that have have you had any impact with scams yourself personally, or hurt, yeah, or hurt? Yeah, you have. No, not personally. I mean, you know, you you can pretty much. I think we all know what to avoid and what not to do, and you know, mm. to have the dummy account, email account that you hand out, and yeah, what not to click. I've had a couple where you know our network. Well, we've had one big one where um. We, we couldn't work out where, this is years ago, couldn't work out where the problem was coming from. It turned out to be my kid's computer. Oh, and, right. Um, <laughs> nice. And we didn't realise it was affecting everyone else. So it was just wiping everything and starting again. But it oh. took days, actually, because oh, it didn't even occur to us that, you know, it would be there. So mm. scams, no. Yes, yeah. So, look, there's a little, I'll get to you in a sec, Jace. There's a little, uh, uh, where's the, uh, where's my little graph here? I've got a little... I was just going to say, I probably have to contact the ATO because I think I got scammed out of $6 million and, no. and they'll have to compensate me <laughs> and I'll have to claim that. And I don't think they do that. How much is the Powerball worth tonight? <laughs> I think I was just going to go the breakdown of the scams. Like You've got micro businesses, which is up to four staff. So they've reported a loss of $1.1 million and small businesses, which is five to 19 staff, reported just over $1 million. Uh, It gets... And it just gets less as the, the as the size of the organisation increases, but yeah, I, th I suppose. Uh, what are you running there, Lydia? You are a Mac universe or a PC universe? Jesus Christ, I'm not a Mac person. No. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Sorry. 
It's lucky no. Eric's not on tonight. <laughs> yes. Hi, no. hi, hi, Eric. <laughs> yeah. So look, I've, oh, yeah. Well, I've got to. I record the audio on a Mac, and I but most of my stuff's PC. I just I can't yeah. handle the OS on it, so it's crazy. What about uh mo- the mobile universe? You Android or um? Uh, oh, look, I had the original. You know, um, the original G One. Remember when that came out? The Google yeah. Android phone, oh, the G One. Right. Jeez. I had to have that. Yeah. It's a wicked little thing. I keep it tucked away thinking, you know, one day, you know, this would be worth squillions because um, it was such a neat little trick. But I'm an um, iPhone person now. And that was really yeah. because my entire family had an iPhone and um, I thought oh, it's a good way. You can use all sorts of apps and share things and do things yes. like that. Yeah. And uh, last week for my daughter's 17th birthday, she requested a Pixel. Oh, right. So Good girl. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so she's out now. We can't share anything with her easily. We can't do the fine friends thing. Yeah, mum oh. can't track can't me when I go her. out to the parties yeah. anymore. <laughs> yep. But so. the, Google, Google's got a uh, cross-platform video conferencing or FaceTime, haven't they? Uh, I forget what the, what it's called, but I think it's cross-platform. You can call, yeah, iOS to Android. Yeah, that might be what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's called a telephone, Glenn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Just ring. Because <laughs> I, I don't know my, what it is. Yeah, sorry, Jase. My daughter had a LG phone, uh, Leo, and she wanted to have an iPhone, and mum ended up getting her an iPhone 5S or something, and she really liked that much better. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, well, I think everyone knows I started with a Samsung and it didn't work. So then I got the shits with it and I uh, ended up with an iPhone and been there ever since. Uh, yeah, so cool. Now, Jace, what's, uh, what do you think about all this hacking scams? Did you have any input further on to that or um, you come across uh, that well, you've uh, been hacked? Yeah, I was reading um, that when they were talking about the WannaCry that it was the majority of computers that... Uh, it got onto were Windows 7, which I thought was interesting since we were talking about how much Windows XP was out there and unpatched and it was on so many computers and old systems and stuff, but it ended mm. up being Windows 7 was the hardest hit. And it, well, I think you'd even mentioned last week or the week before that Windows 7 was still the biggest install out of all of Microsoft's operating systems at the moment. Yeah, I think it was. I think, yeah, because uh, XP was like the third. Like still the third yeah. largest in the world of installs, but uh, yeah. But speaking about that WannaCry, the a French researcher has found a way to potentially unlock the uh, the encryption. But it's got a Hooray. lot. Yeah, it's got a lots of. Just uh, don't have turned off your computer since you got it. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. There's a lot of do's and don'ts, so it's uh, it's pretty complicated. But research the researchers have cautioned that their solution only works in certain conditions, namely what Jace just said, if it, your computer hasn't been rebooted since becoming infected, and if the and if you do fall victim, you apply the fix before WannaCry carried out its threat to lock their files permanently. So and it was only for certain machines too. It was for XP seven two thousand and three really? The, yes. The you're talking about the WannaKey. That's right. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the yeah. one to cry or crypt or whatever you want to call it. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the international now. This international known hacker, this uh, Benjamin Delpy, he's developed a free tool for decrypting infected computers without paying the ransom, and it's called Wanna Kiwi. So I don't know whether he's a Kiwi or not, but it's called Wanna Kiwi. If you Google it, you'd be able to find it. And I'd probably use it as your last resource if you've been infected. I don't know if I'd be. And if he helps you out, you can make a donation of sucks, dollars, sucksy sucks. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know, XP. What Windows are you running, Lydia? I would imagine 10. 
10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the one... I had, to, I had to be pulled into it, like, you know, kicking and screaming. I didn't want... <laughs> I was so afraid of it. I just hated the thought of it. Where were you? We'll still wait. Waited to the last minute when <laughs> they said, you know, you've got a week before we start charging you. And I went, oh. Yeah, righty-o, righty-o. <laughs> Our, um... one, of, one of our co-hosts, Will, he still won't go for 10. He's like, I'm going to stay with seven. At the, I'm not going to go any further than that. Oh, I don't know why you want to stick with seven. What, what were you doing before... Ten, Lydia, were you eight or you just went from seven? Eight. Yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah, it wasn't a big jump. I think eight was probably worse than ten <laughs> if you want to look at it that way. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, ten was, uh, yeah, look, because I, you know, fix them and do all that sort of stuff, uh, I had I got ten as soon as it came out, you know, had a look at it and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so update to ten, so ten is good. Uh, all right, so that's the Wanna Key. So, yeah, just Google it. There's a couple of links in the show notes. If you can't find it, I've got the Wanna Key Wanna Kiwi decryption tool linked to that, and a bit of a, a step-by-step process. But look, hopefully you'll never even have to do it. It's only if you've got XP or something, so you should be on to ten by now anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, you can find the show notes by the way at aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast. A new website coming soon. I probably should have actually turned that Ooh. on. Yeah, this week or so. Uh, I think I'm as far as I'm going to get with yeah, it. Talk, <laughs> talk real sexy to it and turn it on. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> she knows what I like. Uh, all right. Um, all right, Jace. What other stories or what news have you got for us this week? Well, since we've been on the subject of these worms and the NSA exploits, researchers have discovered a new worm that utilizes exploits leaked from the US National Security Agency, NSA, following the destructive WannaCry ransomware outbreak. Dubbed Eternal Rocks, like WannaCry, the worm targets vulnerable implementations of Microsoft's server message block SMB file server sharing protocol. Penetration tester Miroslav Stampar, also a member of the Croatian government computer emergency response team, captured a sample of the worm and posted an analysis on GitHub. Eternal Rocks is also known as Microbot Massive Net and Blue Doom. Mm. It utilizes seven SMB exploits, Eternal Blue, Eternal Champion, Eternal Romance, and Eternal Synergy, along with Double Pulsar, Architouch, and SMB Touch. Eternal Rocks used a two-stage attack on target systems, starting with infecting unpatched Windows system and downloading further malware components and a Tor browser for obfuscated communications with the command and control server. The second stage of the attack sees Eternal Rocks activate after 24 hours with the above SMB exploits downloaded and the worm scanning the internet for systems that listen on TCP port 445. So at this stage, it doesn't do anything like encrypting or anything like that that WannaCry does, but it's got access to a command control center. So at any time, they could make your computer do whatever they want. Mm. So your day-to-day job, Jace, do you what are you you're detecting spam or something? I've never really known what you yeah, do most, exactly. None but... of these are coming through spam or emails whatsoever. So there's not much we could do to stop it. It's all going through the internet and just connecting from computer to computer automatically. So what? So how do you detect spam in the emails? Like whose emails? Like... Uh, usually what happens is people, uh, if you have, say, Gmail, well, not necessarily Gmail, but that kind of web uh, mail interface or even your Outlook or something like that and your ISP utilizes our services, when you click on this is junk or this is spam, it sends a copy of that to us so that we can go through and analyze if it's got a link in there to right. a, malicious, a malicious link or if it's got um, advertising in there that's in an image saying, 
get your Cialis and Viagra here mm. or what have you, then we have to find ways of blocking that so it doesn't get in the system. Okay. And um, if we if we do once we do find a way, we upload that into our system. It propagates around the internet to all of our customers, and it can go to your inbox and say. Oh, we let this through before. Let's chuck it in the spam now, and it'll automatically go there, so you don't even have to worry about. It. Yeah, that sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? That's good. Mm. Uh, yeah, keeping you busy, I'd imagine. Yes. Uh, yeah. So what sort of Lydia? What sort of security do you have on your PC? Do you know what you've got, or you just let it antivirus? <laughs> I let it go, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I click on so many things a day. Um, that there's just, you know, so little I can do about it because in reality, the stuff that's going to hurt me um, hasn't been patched yet. People don't know about it yet because the bad guys are getting in there, mm. you know, before the security guys are fixing it. So yeah. there's not much I can do except sort of be as careful as I can be. And Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, I think Windows 10 has got pretty good. It's got a... It's it got, has. Yeah, it's got a little defence system going on. And uh, I suppose, yeah. yeah, if worse comes to worse, you just blow the whole computer away and start again, don't you? But, uh, Trust but, in Microsoft. Yeah, that's right. So you gotta. Well, well, yeah, you have to. But until you get the remember in Windows when Windows Seven was out, they had their security essentials, which was their antivirus software you could download. And then, like, I, I, I was using it, and because I'm thinking, well, who would better know how to protect your machine than Microsoft? So yeah. download the security essentials, and then they, about two years or whatever after the release of this Windows Seven, there, there's Microsoft has put up on their blog. Oh, don't trust our security essentials. Go and get something else. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what the hell was going on there, but that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard a company say. I think I think because they just did the basic stuff. They weren't going to employ yeah. a full team to monitor twenty four seven and upload signatures and stuff. They're just like, what's something big like mm. WannaCry or any of the large um, viruses or worms going around and block those. But if you want full coverage, you should go for someone else and actually pay money. There's a place. There's a place in Melbourne, uh, Micron Twenty One. Now this is it's a data center, and apparently it's so confident that in its ability to mitigate against, against a, a DDoS attack, that it's calling on the IT community to try to breach its def- defenses during a live demonstration. Now attack would it's be a bad idea. <laughs> yes, it would From be the Department of Stupidity. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really bad PR stunt, isn't it? Really, well, it's probably. Good, it, it possibly really good or really bad, so we won't know mm. until after the weekend. But, like, yeah, like, which one's your money on, Glenn? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, look, anything can be hacked, so but you know, the would be attackers at, at OzCert can hit either a Micron 21 protected or unprotected network where the company predicts they will see them the mayhem or the attack being created along with a seamless mitigation. Now, participants can choose the duration, size, and other attack configuration before launching the error attacks, and we'll see Micron 21 systems identify, monitor, and mitigate each attack. So, look, this is, I think, believe this is a little picture here of inside Micron. That's what it said anyway when I Googled it. Uh, now, Micron's DDoS protection is made up of multiple layers, this is if you're interested at all, uh, multiple layers of physical hardware to inspect, scan, and filter traffic at the packet layer. So brocade edge routers identify and sustain legitimate traffic. DDoS mitigation from Silicon Valley Valley headquartered vendor NS Focus inspects the metadata of packets for known attack patterns against the zero-day database. A10 load balances distribute clean traffic and Juniper firewalls provide a final layer defense. Well, sounds pretty good, doesn't it? 
But uh, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So I think, look, it sounds to me like the these guys, they want to attack the actual system. It's not like a development part of it or anything. But I think what would be worrying me uh, if I was Micron 21 would be not just the, the would-be hackers at this cert, but maybe, you know, proper hackers that get around the world. They've said, oh, yeah, these guys reckon they're so tough. Let's get them. Let's get them. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And then trace them back to where they originate and send the feds. Yes. So I look, it's a trap. You could imagine that if this was successful and Micron Twenty One did prevent DDoS attacks, maybe they're going for the you know the census tender or something. But uh, <laughs> who knows? Taking on IBM, right? Well, IBM. They, yeah. They, didn't didn't the government drop them? Have they been dropped yet? They should be. Uh, well, they'll probably just give them another bunch of million dollars and off they go again mm, yeah but yeah so uh, i don't know it could be a good or a bad thing so we'll see what happens after the after the day i guess now um going back to uh, the tech meme uh lydia how do you do the stories sort of come to be like they're just all picked up what are they like does your system like subscribe to say so many rss feeds and just pick out keywords yeah. and then plonk them on the yeah. Yeah. So it looks at links and it looks at, you know, different types of, um, you know, how many people are talking about this topic. And that's what I was just going to say about Micron 21. Mm. You know, when was the new news released this morning, our time, so at least 11 hours ago, and how many people have written it up? Let me do a quick search on Goog. And it's um, two. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, so, you know, there's, you know, jack shit chatter about yeah. it. Sorry. I don't know if you have to cut me out there. No, um, that's all right. That word's allowed. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, you know, no one's talking about it. So, yeah. you know, we would never pick it up because it's, you know, it really, to me, I, I know I've, I've been looking at, I was having a bit of a rant to Jason last week. You know, this is what I do day in, day out. I look at news, I see what's coming out. And, you know, you can tell you get the same old pictures day in, day out, and you can see what's being plugged as the, you know, notice us email yes. versus the, oh, wow, we've got some news. And so I guess our algorithm picks it up and, points it out to us, sometimes it misses it, sometimes it picks up a lot of crap and mm. we have to get rid of it. And our job is basically to curate that. And uh, over the last year or so, we've actually been writing the headlines because we used to get very tired of the baity, the, you know, quick oh, yes. Yeah. And you won't believe what happened next. <laughs> I know. Well, how many, how many times do you click on those ones? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, people do, and um, you know, oh my god, you yeah. know, this guy got clicked out today, and quick click, oh, no one cares. Yeah, that's um, right. So we started writing the headlines ourselves. Not everyone was pleased. A lot of, uh, well, some bloggers got a little bit upset about it all because you know. So you know, when the perhaps mind. they should write better headlines in the well, first yeah, place. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. When someone clicks on a link from the site, I'm not sure if you know how it all technically works too much, but well, I'll give it a, give it a shot. Uh, when yeah, someone I'm not to tell you, Glenn, because I'd have to kill you if I told you anything about it. <laughs> oh no, I'm doing my own little tech news memes. <laughs> right. Tell me, tell me. No, I was going to ask you uh, when someone clicks on the a story on the page, yeah. and then it links mm-hmm. directly to like the original published story on the the publisher's yeah. page. Uh, yeah. Do they know that you've referred them? Like, is there stats? There probably would I'm be. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah, it would do. Yeah. Do you have stats on your page? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You see, you see who... Apache referrer link and stuff, yeah, stuff like that. Well, there's some, uh, there's some 
places I know there's a, a news place I go to get some of my news from, and every time you click on the link, uh, it'll take you to the page, but it adds like a bit of a bit to the URL. No, no, and... we're not awful like that. No, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah so we're very I... nice people. Oh, that's very nice. Now I know you you guys get a pretty good uh, good write up from all the the tech the tech heads in Silicon Valley, don't you? Like everyone says, oh, this is the this is the first yeah. page on our laptop when it boots up every morning and and all this sort yeah. of stuff. So it's uh, obviously very well known. Yeah, it, it's it's good. well known in Silicon Valley, not so much outside of it. And it's really tricky too because you know in Australia, of course, when I moved because I, I lived in Silicon Valley for a while there and I worked while I was there it was much easier, mm. but. Um, being in Australia and seeing Australian news um, doesn't excite me as much as some of the stuff coming out of America. Although I must admit lately, um, you know, watching the news and seeing everything about Trump and, you know, every man and his dog from every tech publication trying to somehow hook in Trump into yeah. their tech story, <laughs> yes. you know, reading all this junk that, He's become clickbait himself, hasn't he? Just his name yeah, is uh, just yeah. clickbait. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's that, yeah. It's a very interesting site, and you've also got uh, who's hiring in tech. So they they be just uh, people that are tech companies that are hiring. They must just pop up their uh, what if they're looking for someone, they'll pop up a little ad there by the look of it. You're very cute because you. It's like you've discovered this new site, and you're going, oh wow, this is yeah. it's got this and it's got this and. It's got everything. It's, it's got everything. You don't have to ever leave Tech Meme. No, I know. Have you got? Yeah. A, has Tech Meme got an RSS feed for itself? I wonder. I think there was one. I don't know if there still is one. Oh, all right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to, have to know, look. I'll have a look. <laughs> I'll have a look. I'll investigate because I might bring all it right. into my feeder. And I'll just have all the news in one spot on my in my yeah. RSS feeder. How good's that? All right, <laughs> Jace. What what else is going on? Jace your... is falling asleep. Sorry, <laughs> Jace, about that. <laughs> I was just having a look, techmeme.com slash search slash query question mark Q equals RSS. And oh, you did it. Did you? Oh, Done. Right. How good's that? All right. Yep. Cool. They got it there. I did it the really technical way. I went to Google and typed in techmeme space RSS. <laughs> All right. I thought you just. You'll have to teach me. <laughs> I thought you were just playing with uh, URL strings there, but, you know. And you... <laughs> so uh, what, what else has been happening, Jace, that you've picked up this week? Well, I hope this doesn't upset you, Glenn, but the NBN Co. has added more than 19,000 premises to its footprint over the past fortnight that are unable to connect to internet services, underlining its new strategy to skip homes that are too hard to connect until later in the rollout. The network builder has more than doubled the number of so-called service class zero or equivalent premises in its footprint in just six months. Premises in ready-for-service areas that are unable to connect are categorised as SC04, FTTP, SC10, fibre to the node basement, and SC20 for HFC. In the last, in the week ending November 17 last year, there were 61,852 SCO premises. As of this week, the figure had climbed to 145,658. Although raw complaint numbers continue to rise, the rate of increase in these complaints is slower than the rate of new premises connected to the National Broadband Network, NBN Co. has repeatedly claimed. Same cannot be said for SCO premises. The past fortnight has been particularly troublesome, with 16.5% of the 115,393 properties added to the rollout placed in the too-hard basket. An NBN Co. spokesperson. An NBN Co. spokesperson said some premises took a little bit longer to connect than we would like to be the case. Now, I know 
why did why, I know you sent me a Twitter picture today? Uh, the MBN box was installed into a toilet. Now, is that, I thought you'd like that one. Is that fair income? Right next to the loo. <laughs> is that fair income, or is that just a G up? Like, I don't look, know. I saw a lot of people talking about it, so I thought I'd have to tweet it to you. <laughs> I, I reckon that it probably popped out of the ground on the outside of the house, just right at the toilet, and they <laughs> thought, well, we're not taking this anywhere. We're just going straight through the wall. Because <laughs> I remember what happened at Will's place. They uh, put it, uh, what, they, they ran it around the outside of the house or something? Yeah, and, and then the, the cable went in up at a 90-degree angle and then in, so they bent the optic fiber at angles that it's not supposed to go. But Mm. it says um, here, a group moderator for the the, uh, group that this photo was posted on, Gizmodo talked to them. They said it's 100% legit install. They've reached out for further information. NBN responded to the image of the parent install on Twitter, calling it interesting. (laughs) Right. Um, NBN Australia. So that's an uh, interesting installation, Cameron. If this is your bathroom, please DM us with an address and contact number. <laughs> but I suppose it probably is out of the way, being in the toilet. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I can bring that. I haven't got that picture to show you. But uh, if I suppose if you Googled MBN install toilet, you'll find it. <laughs> that's exactly what I just did. <laughs> Do I want Isn't this it? Google thing wonderful? Let me have a look. Let me Google it so I can show everyone. Uh, NBN. It's in a Facebook in a Facebook group called Crappy NBN. <laughs> now, are you on the NBN, Which Lydia? Which is quite, quite relevant, no. Crappy NBN. No. No. What technology have you got? I have no idea, but it's very, very bad, and I'm not happy with it. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm struggling with the NBN, getting my head around what they're doing, because it started off as one thing, um, you know, 10 years ago. I remember them talking about one thing, and it sort of morphed into, Different I'm not things. sure what it is anymore. No, and no one does. <laughs> Oh really? And a big pile of crappy NBNness. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, one of my mates who lives just up uh, up near Dreamworld, if you know where that is, uh, he's uh, they they went over to the NBN and they suffered the same problem that uh, Adam was telling us about, where they disconnected from the ADSL, and then the NBN didn't work, and they couldn't go back to the ADSL until the NBN got fixed or until it worked. It's just it's a bit of a mess. But look, I found. Uh, on that finder.com.au site, if you go into MB or the you know the internet section and then punch your address into the MBN section of that section, then it gives you a lot more information than the MBN Co website does. So it pulls down like that's appalling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We so, can thank Alex and Gus for that. Yes, no, it gives you a lot more information, and and I'll take I'll take their their. Uh, their site is uh, more truthful than the NBN code because it gives it to me six months earlier. So I don't know. <laughs> so hopefully they're, <laughs> they're on the money. Um, don't yes. get your hopes up too much. No. When's it supposed to be completed, the rollout? Oh, 2020? Yeah, I think. Okay. 2020 so 2030, 2040? Yeah, 2060. Before something. the end of the world, I think. <laughs> something like that. But, yeah, it's wrong. So... So are you in the are you in the Melbourne CD, CBD around there, Lydia? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, close enough. Close enough. Yeah. So yeah. So like, uh, you would think that when the MBN rolled out, and I know we've had this discussion before, that it would roll it out to where the population is, uh, it could get a yeah. bit of momentum going. Uh, you know, bringing in some money or whatever. But the, you hear these stories still of the MBN goes past people's homes and they don't even bother connecting to it because they're happy enough. 
with the, with the ADSL or whatever they got. God knows why. But I suppose if you're a light user, uh, the the plan that you go on to, there's a light NBN plan. I think it's just as good at like speed wise as the ADSL anyway. So I think that's yeah, probably well why. Fun. Yeah, it's just that's why. If you're in a town like mine, they switched off all the copper. So if you wanted to stay on ADSL one day, your internet was gone. So you had to go to NBN or you had nothing when they switched all the copper off. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. It's a crazy town. Um, look, I've got a story for Will. Uh, Will, 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 Lydia was a, 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 a host on the show. Well, he probably still is. I shouldn't, shouldn't use past tense. <laughs> he hasn't been on for a while. He's had computer problems. Yeah, he's, had, he's always got computer problems. I don't know why. He's the guy that's not going on the Windows 10. Maybe that's the problem. Well, he said he bought um, new RAM, new video card, new SSD, installed everything, and if he tries to run anything in Java, the thing crashes and restarts. I said the only thing left is motherboard. Board. And he said, well, they have $500 for another motherboard, so... Well, I think I'd be just maybe going down and just buying a cheapie just to get going, you know, like yeah, a, what know. you can get boards for like fifty eight bucks and a cheap CPU just to just to get cracking. So come on, we'll get cracking. So but, it means he can't play Minecraft, so it hits on our podcast as well, which is all about Minecraft. And he mm. can't say, well, I tried out the thing because you can't try it. You can you can probably use. Um, the Windows version, Windows 10 version of Minecraft, which is a C++ XE file instead of the Java. But um, you don't get to play the modded one, which is what we mostly play. Now, I've got a question about that Minecraft because I downloaded the Windows 10 version uh, for, for the kids. And like, they love it. They love any version. So, and and I, I think I got it for a special $15. It was a cheapie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was really good. Just for Windows 10. Yeah. They got an introductory price for going for a while. Yeah. And so does that mean that the the actual PC version is going to go away, and then the Windows 10 version will be the PC version? Like are they? No, no. Because they they have to keep it in Java, so it'll run on Mac and Linux and as well. Right. So what what happened was they wrote it um, not wrote it in Java, and it would work on. Windows, Mac, and Linux, and then uh, Microsoft came along and bought it. Uh, well, they bought into it and they started writing a version for the mobile devices. Mm. But uh, you can't really run very well in Java on mobile devices, so they wrote it in C plus plus. And then once they had most of it written in um, C plus plus, then they could easily port that to Windows. And just recompile it with the Windows libraries to have a C plus plus version, right? Which yes. some systems can run better. Some people don't like Java because it can be a bit laggy. Some don't like it because it's another place for exploits to get in. There's always Java holes in Java, just like Adobe products. Else. So um, some people just won't install Java. So Microsoft can say we can have this. They could put it in the Windows Store, whatever they like, and then mm. for the mobile devices. Um, and for you know consoles and things that can be written in C plus plus, and they can just port it between all of them. Yeah. So so it, you still can't each version that you get. So say like the Windows ten version, the PC version, Xbox version, blah blah blah. Are they? You still can't cross play in the in the worlds. Not yet. They're still working on it. They they've got a system called Minecraft Realms, which is uh, there where you can host servers with them. And the mm. realms is going to allow cross compatibility at some stage, but they're always working on it and iterating till eventually they get there. 
Right, I see. All right, well, uh, getting back to Will's story, that wasn't Will's story or anything like that, but Bitcoin, <laughs> I know Will loves this, will love this one because Will had a few Bitcoins. I think he said he had 50 and uh, he lost his wallet in a hard drive crash. But anyway, Will, the Bitcoin has hit $2,000, a trading point high. Now, it's believed to be linked to, the high is believed to be linked to policy changes in Japan and China. They've made it easier for speculators to trade in Bitcoins. So uh, Bitcoin first broke the $1,000 barrier in November 2013, and it's gone up and down, as you would have known wildly since then. I think it got down to a low of about $280, something like that, and yeah, I thought it was the end of it. But at the end of 2016, each one, each one was char- changing hands for about 900. So now it's up to 2,000. I think if I had any, I think I'd I'd probably cash out. I, I think that. Yeah, look, it says. Sorry, it's, gone up. it's up again. Yeah, yeah it's, right. I was just going to say it's 2,400, which is about 3,196 Australian dollars. Oh well, CoinDesk has got it at 2,723. Oh, oh it's Geez, yeah. that's crazy, isn't it? It's got a bubble and then burst and people yeah. are going to lose a lot and be very sad. Well, I guess that's what you got to, like, see, I would have cashed out at two grand, but then I suppose if you kept and held and held, like, where do you where do you go at, like, two seven? You have to be going, geez, I'm, I've got to take it, haven't you? Have to, you have to pick some points, you know. A, a guy I'd been talking to on Twitter and in Facebook, he um, cashed in a couple of years ago, got $800,000 and bought a house with cash. <laughs> Jeez! Oh, wow. Wow. wow, that's all right, and it's, and pretty much it's it's free money, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. But how long, Jace, would it take you to mine a coin? And it must it take you'd probably never do now it. Now it now it's not worth it really because the the amount of money that you spend in electricity and time and effort um, to generate the coin is about the same <laughs> much cheaper to just have the money in the first place. You're spending all this money on the electricity and stuff. Mm. Uh, hardly worth it because you get a tiny fraction of a coin after uh, hours and hours and hours of uh, calculation. And you want to have a really good setup with um, GPUs, not CPUs. They're too slow. So you can also buy Bitcoin servers, the place that we host our um, Minecraft server with at NetPresence in Sydney. They have Bitcoin servers that you can buy and they'll just sit there all day mining you. Oh, jeez, that's crazy. Have you heard of these other ones? Apparently, they're rivals to Bitcoin as the, the Ethereum and Ripple. Has anyone heard of those? I think Microsoft is with Ethereum. Oh, yeah. Was that? Sorry, Lydia. No, no, you're gone. You're muted. You're, you're muted yourself. But uh, we'll wait till. Sorry. Oh, I, there um, we go. I was, saying, <laughs> I was saying there are quite a few of them and. Um, you really are doing yourself a disservice by not reading tech meme there, Glenn. You'd well, know yes. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would. But, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to pull my finger out. Yeah, so uh, what, oh, I did download Bitcoin once to try and do it, and I think it had to download 20 gig to get going, and I did that, and oh, I just couldn't I couldn't handle it. So I just, How long ago was it? Uh, maybe 12 months, something like that. Yeah. wasn't long Still ago. Still too late. Yeah, well, I just wanted to just see what it was all about, you know, just see if I just see. And uh, not that I was, you know, trying to do it to really make anything out of it. But I think there's other things. Is there a blockchain or something? Someone told me that was... That's uh, what they all are. They're all blockchain right. uh, algorithm. Yeah. Microsoft, Intel, Accenture, and more than two dozen banks and other companies formed an alliance to use the Ethereum blockchain code. The members 
companies unveiling the new enterprise Ethereum Alliance mm. on February 28. Blockchain is the technology that underpins the cryptocurrency Bitcoin, but it has uses beyond that. So, yeah, right. Well, I'll uh, I might I might I might do it one one day when I get time. Who knows when that will be? But uh, what else? Have you got anything else, Jace? It's been quite quiet this week, hasn't it? Not much is going yeah, on. Yeah. Well, since we've been on the the sad negative side. <laughs> Uh, let's keep going. Yay, make everyone happy. Crafty, <laughs> crafty hackers have been deploying harmful malware in subtitle files of pirated movies and TV shows, leaving the devices of an estimated 200 million people vulnerable to infection. Oh. The newly discovered malware affects video players like VLC, Kodi, and popular illegal streaming program Popcorn Time. The malicious files are downloaded by the victim's media player, allowing the attacker to take control of the target's computer, smartphone, or smart TV, according to security firm Checkpoint, which discovered the attack. The delivery technique is used to deploy, deploy the malware is cunning. For hackers to get access to your device, they either need to trick you into visiting a malicious site or trick you into downloading a malicious file. In this particular case, the malware is embedded in the subtitle files in what Checkpoint described as a completely overlooked technique. Mm. The malware is effectively dumped into the victim's desktop when the movie subtitles are loaded by the user's media player. The reason it has a good chance of success, according to Checkpoint, is because subtitles repositories are in practice treated as a trusted source by the media player. Most video players don't have robust security defenses and the subtitle files can even sneak by without proper vetting from antivirus software. So I think once again, the, the moral of the story is to update update your your players i know i was watching using cody the other day uh yesterday i think it was and uh, as soon as i turned it on it came up on on the front screen and said you know this is going on go to here and get the patch and and do it all so i'll, I'll have to remember to do that not that i would use subtitles but i'm sure they'll come through anyway I yeah guess. it's quite interesting because as far as i was aware subtitle files are just text files if you open up in a text editor it's got the um, timestamp and then the text to display on the screen and whether it's, you know, um, italics or a different color or something like that. But um, I thought it was dual just text, but they, they found some way of embedding malware in it somehow. Yeah. But uh, a lot of them like VLC, um, I noticed it'll, if you, um, it comes, I think it comes with now automatic subtitles. So if you start playing a movie file, it'll go to the subtitle website, download it. And if you have, um, subtitles turned on, you'll just automatically start displaying them. You don't even have to download the SRT or other oh, subtitle right. file. Yeah, okay. So oh. that could be another way to get in if they can get something on Open Titles or something like that, Open Subtitles website. You people be... accidentally automatically run yeah. it. I wouldn't be surprised if the you know the the movie stations are behind all this. So <laughs> trying to you know feed some code. See, you should have bought it from us. That's right. That's right. Well, are you Lydia? Are you a, a media watcher? Like, you got any of these little Cody boxes or, or anything that? What do you do? Just Netflix or something simple, something easy? YouTube and Netflix. And, yeah, yep. Yeah. And do you yeah, watch? I, I don't download content that's not that's pirated because that would be illegal, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Very. I much prefer so. stuff to stream if I, if I can't stream it. You know, I don't want to buy yeah. any CDs or DVDs anymore. No. Yeah. No, uh, I'll stream I. everything if I can. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Str I'll stream everything. That's, that's the way to go. Oh, I know, like I actually got. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. You go. I was watching a TV show 
like an actual TV show not long ago and I was thinking, wow, this is really cool, these ads, because I can go off and do things. And I remember what yes. the ads were for. <laughs> right. oh, wow, that's so cool. Yes, I know. I think like, most you just of the... don't want to... No, well, most of the stuff that, that we watch, like say if we do watch free-to-air TV programs, uh, it's all recorded anyway. So like we record it and then you just you just fast forward the ads and and you do feel also you feel like sometimes you know, that you are missing out on uh, things you know No those those um little apps for like channel 7 and channel is that what you're talking about oh they're so crap they just fall apart every yeah. time you do you know, you go three seconds over what they expect you to and the thing falls apart, breaks, you have to start again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, if, you, if you're scr- yeah, scrubbing along, I think if you go from start to finish, you're all right. But I think the Channel 9 one was the worst. Uh, but I think they've, they've tried to pick up the their act lately. But, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, but Adam, like, Adam used to always have a rant on Tech Talk Radio about places like Channel 9 and you'd try and set it up in your TiVo or some other um, PVR and your show is supposed to start at nine and finish at 10 o'clock. So you set it to start at 10 to nine and finish at quarter past 10 yeah. and the show would finish at 11 because something had happened and they always started things at the wrong time from what they advertised. Never updated. You, the EPC. Because you think with all the technology they had once come time and all the knowledge they had that they'd be first out there with the UTEC and saying, this is how to do it. And yet they're just, almost fallen behind and mm, yeah. they're letting the likes of Facebook and Google take over and produce content. And that's, that's just ridiculous. Well, that's my next scary story. Yeah. Well, lead in, Jace. Nice segue there. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Facebook has signed deals with millennial focused news and entertainment creators, Vox Media, BuzzFeed, ATTN, Group 9 Media and others to make shows for its upcoming video service, which will feature long and short form content with ad breaks, according to several sources familiar with the situation. Facebook is planning two tiers of video entertainment, scripted shows with episodes lasting 20 to 30 minutes, which it will own, and shorter scripted and unscripted shows with episodes lasting about 5 to 10 minutes, which Facebook will not own. Facebook's move to acquire and license original content is the latest in its push to attract more advertising dollars, putting the company in head-to-head competition with Alphabet's YouTube Red, Snapchat's Discover feature, and traditional television networks. It's where all the kids are going. That's that's exactly right. That's where they are going. Like my kids never get off YouTube. My, my young bloke just watch. He, he'll be watching some dude on YouTube while he's playing a game on the computer. Yeah, close your mind. I remember when I could multitask like that. <laughs> Way back in the old days. That's right. There was. I was going to tell you before. There was an app I got on my phone called TV Cast. Uh, it well, on the iOS it casted to your Chromecast, and you could log into. The, the you know the channel tens or whatnot because you just had to get it up on your on the phone and then you could send it to the cast but this app must have uh, sort of bypassed the uh, you know the, the the ten plays and the nine goes or whatever it is so this app actually must have got the it's found out how to get the actual feed the the URL of the the show and then it just shows you that that URL with no ads it just goes so it's I nice. think yeah I think where the these these catch-up services fall over is because obviously they've got the URL of the show and they're trying to, uh, like, third party come in and go, oh, at 20 minutes we're going to dip in here and put three ads in, you know, and then 40 minutes yeah. dip in and put three, and then continue back from where you dipped in from. And, yeah, it just all falls over like a big sack and of Not only do they crap. just throw three ads in, they throw the same three ads in 
yes. or the same five ads in. I've noticed that. What yeah. is that? Oh, I've yeah. got no idea. And plus, and they, can't, they haven't got very good salespeople and couldn't get enough ads. Really? <laughs> but have you also... I mean, last, last week um, we were watching, wanted to watch the Doctor Who episode on iView. And, um, Shock horror. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I put it on my um, Samsung phone and then it found the um, Roku box as a device to send the um, image to. So I just said, send it up there and it was playing Doctor Who from ABC iView but the iView app for Android is really terrible and it kept crashing and crashing you have to restart and try and remember where you're up to and then start playing for another five minutes or ten minutes and it crashed again and say unable to read file so in the end I just watched it on my laptop because (laughs) it just worked but they've really got to fix their stuff yeah, I watched that last last week on the iView, and I, I don't know if I was too excited about the quality of it. It's really, like, as far as I can see, it's only like a 300 meg file. So it must be pretty oh, low. Okay. low. I did pretty well on my um, Samsung phone sent up to the 50-inch TV. Yeah, right. I just noticed the blacks, you know, they were a bit blocky and stuff. So uh, I just said, oh, stuff this. I yeah, just waited. probably over-compressed. Yeah. yeah, I just waited till 7.30 and just watched it live. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a TV in the house that's plugged into an antenna anywhere because... We just Netflix or YouTube everything or, mm. you know, yeah, do well, other internet stuff. We're, so, we've um, still got that, that old thing called Foxtel, you know. What? <laughs> yeah, oh, well. you're, you're like, you're one of Rupert's. Sucker. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sorry. Yeah, he well, loves you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, if it wasn't for the sport, you wouldn't have it. Yeah. Like, yeah. because like I know you can stream the sport from other, you know, not so good places, but... You oh, can you be bothered? No. So you know. So if it wasn't for the sport, because there's nothing that I really watch on Fox. I use that Foxtel to tape all the free-to-air shows. Because uh, after the cyclone we had, our aerial fell over, and I never even bothered to get it fixed because I just don't use it. Now, what was I going to say? I was going to say I was going to lead into something else. Yeah, mate. Oh, apart from my internet being down again for a week, but anyway, fueling your mental health crisis. Instagram has been voted. Well, maybe not voted, but it has been identified from a survey as being the worst social network for young people's mental health. The poor little darlings—they uh, they get they get separated from Instagram for a while and they're gone. They crumble. They just melt at meltdowns. So it's been ranked as the worst social networking app when it comes to its impact on the young health. This has been done a survey published by the Royal Society for Public Health. Now, the Status of Mind survey asked just under 1,500 young people aged between 14 to 24 to score popular social media platforms on issues such as anxiety, loneliness, depression, bullying, and body image. Like, God's sake. Now, I don't know. I think there's too much time spent on all this rubbish. Young people... Well, who- what, what most of the problem is that um, people, don't, people don't often in the most cases post the negative stuff. So you have it in crap day or whatever. You don't mm. post that. But you're going on holiday and you post that and then some other friend That's posts right. that they're going out and having fun and you're at home and <laughs> none of your friends are going out or whatever and people get anxiety and depression exactly because right. they see all this really cool fun stuff happening and it's not happening to them. But each person only has one thing, you know, maybe once or twice a year, but when yeah. that's all you see is all you're following 600 people and they're all doing one thing once or twice a year. It looks like everybody's got such a big social life and has all these friends and stuff and you're there. Well, I've got a couple of friends and I never go anywhere. So they get depressed and that's what causes the problem. 
Absolutely. social media. Yeah, and, and like, yeah, because you're right. Because you know, how often do you sit down on Facebook and you go, "Oh, such and such is alive," you know, because you don't hear from people, and all of a sudden they've taken a picture of some hamburger or or a picture of a beer between their legs while they sit in front of a sunset, going, "Oh, yeah, this is my office for the day," or some crap, and you just go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah good story." Um, <laughs> the uh, status of mind rankings uh, from a highest to low. YouTube actually came in as the the, the most positive social media app. So YouTube got most positive, followed by... Don't tw- read the comments. No, that's right. Followed by Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. What's wrong with Snapchat? And then Instagram. I thought Snapchat would be pretty good. I like doing all the filters and then doing funny faces. <laughs> Did you see? Put your puppy dog ears on. Yeah, that's right. There was a funny one, a funny uh, Snapchat I saw. It must have been on Facebook or something. There was a guy, he was, while he was driving his car, he had a real little squashed head filter on. And then he had road rage, and he started blowing someone up at the other side, and his little head's gone. <laughs> just so funny. Yeah. It was just a real funny one. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I don't know. Yeah, social media. Uh, what you got any thoughts on that, Lydia? Social media and depression. Do you think it contributes to depression? Oh. I um. Oh wow, that's tough. I think <laughs> you know. I look at what the kids are doing, what my kids are doing with social media, and I think um, it's exactly what I did, except I didn't have the, you know, the same interface. I had the telephone and every night I'd get yeah. home from school, ring my best mate and gas bag for two hours. Yeah. You know, that's what they're doing. That's exactly yeah. what they're doing. You know? So, and, you know, I envy that. I think that's great that they can sit there and chat to people and, mm. um, you know, like I'll sit, often see both of them sitting there doing homework and texting in between it, and they're just organising other stuff as it goes through. They do, they check all their, they use it for everything. But I was telling my dad actually, because he said to me, why are these kids walking around the house like this all the time? Yeah. And I said, you know, you know just have, is there nothing, is there nothing, you know, um, for them to do except be on that phone? And I said yeah. to him, it's not a phone, it's a computer. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, this is where Jamie will get her, you know, um, school reports and this is where she'll get her assignments and this is where she'll talk to her teachers and this is where she'll talk to her best mate when she's having a bad day and look at mm. Snapchat and look at Instagram and, you know, and I, I'm trying to show him all these things and, and then he gets excited when we're coming to visit him and he'll he'll use fine friends to see where we're going, you know, where we are, how far away we are. He likes sharing photos with us and I'm saying, yeah. well, you're using the same thing. Mm. Um, so to me, I look at it as, you know, it's a wonderful thing. It's not about depression. If you're going to be depressed, if someone's, you know, got that depressive yeah. you know, gene in yes. them, yeah. it's going to happen it's anyway. So I don't yeah. think it's the device or the application that's going to cause that. Mm. Um, you know, it may, like right. what Jason was saying, you know, seeing everyone happy all the time. Mm. Um, but again, you know, I don't, I don't think it's as simple as that because in reality, I know who I follow and I know, you know, this friend has gone to Hawaii this weekend. So I expect to see stuff from there. Yeah, yeah, Whereas I know right. this other friend over here is having a nervous breakdown because her husband's cheating on us. So you go, well, like, she's not going to be posting anything for the no. next three, you know, <laughs> That's right. so, a couple of sad faces or something, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't so, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the. Yeah, I think because uh, my kids aren't allowed on Facebook. I don't let them on Facebook as yet. They're too young. How old are they? Uh, 11 and 9. So I think that's probably a bit too young. They they get their jollies out of um, FaceTime and, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so look, I, I try and teach them, you know, like, remember, like, there's so many 
it just happens that the, the world today is like whatever happened to like sticks and stones may break my bones and i just try and instill that sort of philosophy into them you know and like say well don't worry that's what it's about. yeah don't worry about what joe's doing over here just worry about yourself you know, don't yeah. worry what you get. So what? He's just he called you a name. Who cares? Yeah. Well, yeah. What What does that matter? And I think that's it. It's about you know parenting them right. And if you do that, they're fine, no matter what mm. they're using, whether it's Facebook or Snapchat or, you know. So I think you've got the right idea there. We didn't let our kids um, get onto Facebook until we left um, Silicon Valley, actually. And the the only reason, and I wasn't on Facebook either. Um, I refused to go on it because I just disliked the idea of it. Um, <laughs> But as we were coming back to Australia, I thought I want to keep in contact with some of these people and this is a great way of doing it. So, yeah. you know, that was the only reason we did it for that contact. Yeah. Interestingly, they don't speak to anyone in Silicon Valley now, but, you know. Yeah, but that's how it works. Like, yeah, like yeah. I, I'm, I use Facebook, but I don't particularly post a lot of, you know, sitting on the beach with a beer between my legs going, whatever, you know, I'm not that sort Mate, of I a poster. I yeah, I know. I wish I could exactly. every night. Yeah. I post. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish too. But uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, but yeah, you br- yeah, bring your kids up to six and stones thing and gives me yeah. a good excuse to, you know, bag them out as well. And say, well, I'm trying to toughen you up. Now, yeah. um, Australia gets national, this last story for the week. Australia gets its national guidelines for driverless car trials. So the National Transport Commission. So this is the, there've been driverless car trials before in I think South Australia, but now what this is this is like national guidelines, and so it's hopes to promote, uh, you know, just more more trials, more trials, and get this get the the driverless car thing up and running. So the National Transport Commission and Ost Roads in November sought input onto the guidelines for on-road tests involving automated vehicles in response to a request issued by the Australian Transport and Infrastructure Ministers. Now, the guidelines note that in Australia, vehicles cannot legally operate in highly or fully automated driving mode on public roads, with organisations seeking to stage trials requesting authorisation from state and territory road transport agencies. Now, NTC, this that's the NTC's the National Transport Commission CEO, Paul Retter, said, we have worked closely with vehicle manufacturers, technology developers, and federal, state, and territory governments to ensure our approach to trials is nationally consistent and reflects national best practice. So I guess uh, they reckon for some reason that Australia is a good place to do some testing. They reckon it's the hardest, harshest country in the world to take your car driving. So uh, I don't know, maybe we'll see. But yeah, uh, like I don't know. I don't know what I think about driverless cars. Um, I suppose if they don't crash, they're probably good. But yeah, they're good at driverless cars. Drive you drive home after the pub or something like that. That'd be good. But uh, yeah, apparently Apple's getting into it soon as well. But um, yeah. Google's had them going for hundred thousand kilometres without any accidents, except for when somebody tries to take over, and then they crash the car. So yeah, I right. think I'd be. Happy. You know, you're going out for a night with friends and nobody wants to be the designated driver because that sucks, right? Yeah. Just let the car drive you home and drop you off, especially if it's a taxi one from Uber or something. You just say, pull Mm. up here, your mates hop in, it drives off, drops everyone home one at a time and charges you whatever and everyone gets home safely and they can all be sloshed. Yeah, exactly. That's the only good thing about it. Yeah, all right. Driverless cars, you, you jump in one, Lydia, no problems? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. No question. I There's a lot of people in Sydney who live in like the Blue Mountains and can take two to three hours to get to work and home again. You might as well just let the car do all the driving and you can sit there watching YouTube or watching uh, whatever, Netflix or something. 
Yeah. yeah. Why, why not? Why not? All right. I don't think has anyone else got anything they want to get off their chest? I think that's a bit. That's, that's it all. For me. Yep. Good stuff. All right. So you can don't forget the Aussie Tech Radio. Yeah. Just download the TuneIn Radio. It's the easiest way to get us the TuneIn Radio app cross platform and search for Aussie Tech Radio. And it's a wall to wall, twenty four seven podcast uh, from Australia and New Zealand, and new shows every Friday. So if you have a podcast that you want me to put up there. Just come along and email me and we'll stick it up there. Shows that you can hear on there are like Tech Webcast, Vertical Hold, Two Blokes Talk and Tech, all that sort of stuff. This show, the Aussie Mac Zone and uh, whatever. So uh, tune into that. Uh, find us at facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads, youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads. And the hashtag on Twitter is Oz Tech Heads, A-U-S Tech Heads. Uh, contact me, Glenn, at aussietechheads.com.au, Jace at Warlock at aussietechheads.com.au that'll get there and uh, Lydia anywhere they can contact you through Tech Meme I guess yep Lydia Tech Meme yep good stuff and that is uh, techmeme.com I think that was right wasn't it T-E-C-H-M-E-M-E dot com it is alright good me. good stuff well thanks for coming on Lydia thanks for joining thanks us for having me no problems no problems at all thanks for, thanks for your insight into what goes on in the Tech Meme which I've never heard of but now I have Excellent. All right. Good. Thanks, Jace. Thanks for coming in. No worries. Good to see you again. We'll be back again next week. You and your eye. We'll see you. We'll yep. see you next week. Good stuff. And we'll hopefully be seeing you guys as well. So until next week, uh, take care and it's bye from all of us. Cheers. Bye. Bye.